Hey, you're listening to We're Both Right, episode three, brought to you the week of April 30th, 2019, with your hosts, James and Jennifer Kennison. This week, we talk about should you have kids when you're dealing with anxiety disorder and our thoughts on communication. Hi, how are you doing? My name is James. And I'm Jen. And we're here together today to do We're Both Right, which is a great show where both of us are right are right about everything. That's right. Without any further ado, let's get into our first question. It says, I've been racking my brain for something good for you and Jen to talk about. I don't know if what I came up with is good per se, but it might prove to be an interesting discussion. I do hate that it comes back to your struggle with depression, but I really identify with it. I feel that Jen's perspective helps me understand my husband's position better. So you two seem like the best ones to ask. She says, I'm a woman that's getting to that age where if I'm going to have kids, I have to do it soon. When I was a teenager, I didn't think I wanted kids, but that changed in my 20s. I never really seriously considered it, however, because I didn't get married till I was 25 and I was uh, starting my career right at that time. And I had lots of time, right? Well, now I don't have lots of time. And it's been something that my husband and I have been discussing for a couple of years now. My major reservation has and continues to be my anxiety issues. I've had anxiety my whole life, but it's not diagnosed until I was about 24. And I had a fairly major breakdown while medication worked really well for a while. For the past few years, things have been going downhill again. And then the past year in particular, it's been a struggle to find a new medication, which is uh, uh, still ongoing at the moment. While a recent visit to a specialist has things looking up, the experience has only served to reinforce the idea that having kids just isn't in the cards for me. Anxiety also runs in my family. My mother had it. My grandmother had it. Most of my female bro- blood relatives on my mom's side have had some sort of struggle with anxiety, depression, postpartum, etc. I know that you already had your kids when your depression reared its ugly head. I guess my ultimate question is speculative on your part. If you had known that this would happen to you, or if it had happened before you had kids, do you think you still would have done it? I would imagine that having kids is scary enough for a normal person, let alone one that already has and lives each day terrified of things for no reason. Add to that the risk that my kids would have it too, especially if it's a girl, And I don't know that I could make the conscious choice to bring someone into the world that had the potential to experience the same things I do. I would never wish what I've experienced on my worst enemy, let alone my own kid. But the idea that I won't have kids is equally heartbreaking. I listen to you and how you interact with your kids over a microphone anyways. And despite everything, you seem to have such a great relationship. And a part of me wants that regardless of any reservations I may have. I'd just love to hear someone else's thoughts on this. Looking forward to the next podcast. Carrie. Jen, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, I, I can kind of start from my point of view. Um, the first thing I would say, well, I, I would just say blanket that definitely she should have kids. <laughs> <laughs> but let me qualify that. I would say if the only reason she does not want to have kids is because she's worried about the potential of exposing themselves to the same anxiety disorder that she has that, you know, your kids are going to be exposed to the potential of a million different things, none of which you can control. And just the possibility, I don't think, is a reason not to have them. 
Um, you know, obviously what you have is, you know, is genetic. Your dad had it. Your sister's struggle. Your brother struggles. Um, but just because there's a struggle doesn't mean that anybody was worth not being born. And two, I mean, everybody's predisposed to something. Yeah. It's, um, it's a good question, though, because uh, kids do bring a lot of stress and anxiety to the table. Uh, yes. Um, it does change every single part of your life and your marriage and everything. And it demands a lot from you. Um, fortunately, in my experience anyway, your heart and your mind and your abilities uh, grow to where they need to be when you have a kid. Um, even if you're not considering yourself perfectly mentally healthy, you know, uh, it's, it's like when you have your first child, uh, you, you can't imagine loving anything else as much as you love that one kid. Then you have your second kid and, and you love that kid just as much, but in a totally different and unique way. And that's because your heart grows. And I, I think, I think your, um, your emotions do. I think your mind does. I think your abilities do. Uh, I know the when I first saw Jenna for the first time, I felt like, um, actually, no, I will say the first time I heard the heartbeat in, in my wife's, uh, stomach there through the, through the, what's it called? Ultrasound. Ultrasound. Yes. Uh, I aged five years. I mean, it's just like maturity just jumped on me and I can't say it'd be that way for anybody, but I have a feeling it would be for Carrie and hers, especially since you guys are older. Uh, we were older parents. We waited eight years mm -hmm. after we got married. Uh, Jen was, uh, 18 when we had Jenna. How old were you? <laughs> I was 28 and yeah, Jenna's two. So <laughs> <laughs> I was 28 when we had Jenna and 31 when we had Jay. Yeah. So um, we're, we're old parents. We're kind of in the realm of normal for a lot of people, for a lot of people that I know anyway, but in, in the realm of, of our friends, a bunch of our friends have kids that are grown and they have grandkids and all done and yeah, all that. Yeah. It, and we have still young ones. We still got a, 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 we don't have anybody in high school yet. Next year. Yeah. Next year. Next year. Um, one thing I would say, I mean, that, there is a bit of a difference in the fact that, you know, she's the one with the anxiety. She's the one that takes the medication and has the struggles. She's also the one that would be pregnant, um, which is a bit different than our situation, obviously. Right. Um, so I would encourage her to have this conversation with her doctor. Absolutely. My sister um, struggles a lot. Um, and she had to go off her medication while she was pregnant. And it was rough. Yeah, I think she ended up going back on after a certain period of yeah, time. Yeah. So um so it's definitely something I mean obviously this show is not you know intended for actual real advice. It's just opinions and and uh that's all we're offering here. So definitely, you know, talk to your doctors if you go to a psychiatrist, see your psychiatrist and and talk about it. But I will say that I agree with Jen in that um the benefits far outweigh any potential. And that's what we're talking about here, by the way, is potential problems. You don't know. 
what your child is going to deal with or not deal with or inherit or not inherit. Um, we don't know anything, you know, uh, in, in a, in a really dark way, you could send your kid out to school and they could never come home every single day due to something out of your control. That's probably the hardest thing to wrap your head around when you do have kids. And and it's even hard, like being pregnant with them. You feel like you can at least you, you have them like they can't go anywhere. (laughs) And then, and then there's suddenly you have them and, you you realize the heavy weight of the idea that it is your job to protect them, but there are so many things you can't control. There's so many things, you know, you can do your best, but there's so much out there and it's scary on every front. Right. But um, I, I would say too, you know, at least from our kids' perspective and, you know, James has done podcasts with the kids, asked them about these particular things, you know, the the struggles that they've had to experience because of you know James being depressed are have not been like the, they would never rate them as the worst things they've ever. It's their normal, exactly. They don't know any different, but they still have a stable life, a stable foundation. You know, they, they don't, and they they wouldn't trade me for anything in the world. They both have have blown my mind by saying that they really haven't noticed anything, you know, that I'll just say this when in the, in the worst part of my depression, um, this question that you've asked ate, ate me up. It really, it really did. It was a similar question because I already had kids and I, I felt like, Oh great. What have you done? You're going to pass this on to your children. And, and that was one of the worst thoughts that had come to my mind. And um, tortured me, absolutely tortured me, made me feel like such a loser that I had done that to them. And then when I came out of the worst of it and I was able to think clearly, because depression is not really how you think. It is your brain uh, being being addled and, and, and messed with by this uh, just horrible disease. Um, but when I was thinking clearly, when I was being myself, the reality didn't change. Yeah, they could inherit it. But the positive was there. And the positive was they would have me. Positive was they would have a parent that would understand what they were going through. And so many teenagers I talked to, so many parents and, and mothers and fathers and people that I that interact with uh, through through the podcast and, and in real life, uh, talk about how hard it is to get their folks to believe them. First of all, mm-hmm. you know, uh, especially teenagers, um, to take it seriously and and to not um, just try to talk them out of it. And and I, my kids are in a unique situation that if they do struggle, if they do come down with it, if it does bug them, um, they're going to have a, a great resource in uh, their mother and I. Uh, both firsthand and as someone that supported someone uh, with depression. Um, so I, I, I agree with my wife 100% that, uh, which is why we call it we're both right. Because <laughs> we are. I would have kids if I were you. I mean, uh, it's just my 10 cents. Because the benefits far outweigh the consequences. They, they are a big pain in the butt. 
Um, kids are a big old struggle. Um, but what they bring to the table and, and, and what they mean to you, uh, is incalculable. Jen might not agree on that state. She sometimes likes them and sometimes she doesn't. Are you in a like <laughs> phase right now with the kids? Or Yeah, because they're not in here. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, um, one thing to that, though, that I would say to being the person, being that she deals with so much anxiety, um, it may not be, it may have no difference on the kid. The kid may or may not, you know, develop anything. The kid may or may not even know that she has anxiety. Right. But it may make her being a mother harder. Right. And I, I still don't think that's a reason not to do it. I think that's just a recognition that, you know, thing that that it's a hard job. And doing a hard job like that with, with something else on top is going to be a challenge, but I still think it's worth it. Yeah, I, I think the fact that you're thinking about it so hard and that you care so much and you know your limitations um, is a good sign that you're going to be a great mom. Uh, because there are so many, I mean, how many people have you seen that you're just like, why do they have children? You just shake your head at some folks. Um, but those kids survive somehow, you know, they yeah. get grown, they get raised, you know. Uh, so imagine a parent with a struggle, with an issue, but, you know, still still loves and cares and provides and does all the things that they do. Um, I think in a way my kids have a better understanding of the world because of the crap that we've been through. Yeah, I think our kids have developed compassion um, as a result. So, you know, everybody always thinks that going through difficult things is a terrible thing to put kids through. And it is, but... You can't underestimate the life lessons they learn. You know, I've heard a term, don't rob them of the struggle. Mm -hmm. And it's like, sometimes we learn the most important things by understanding being around or experiencing hardship. Because we learn that life is not all about us. And we learn that that things aren't easy for everybody and, and, and things of that nature. And it, it doesn't particularly create a bad kid in fact some of the kids that we've known you know not not even you know outside of our own kids but some kids we've known that have grown up in some really difficult situations horrible have, situations have actually become much better people than people who have grown up in in very privileged situations yeah. so there there is no absolute perfect i guess formula for everything to be perfect for a kid you know it's it's kind of like saying if if i don't have a lot of money is it okay if i have kids well there's going to be struggles, there's there's going to be issues, but it doesn't mean that the kid's life will be any less because they didn't grow up with, you know, a million different things. There's good and bad in every situation. It's a unique issue, though, because we're not talking about protecting kids from predators or protecting them from, uh, you know, a lack of love or or an abusive spouse or something like that. We're talking about protecting our kids from ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really what she's saying. Is am I going to hurt them? Am I going to am I going to make them wish they'd never been born? Am I going to pass this along to them and are they going to hate me? And am I being selfish for wanting kids or is it better for me just to suffer and 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 just not just not do it? And that's a, that's a hard question. It is. It's a very hard question. But 
I just want to challenge you with this thought is, is that your anxiety is not you. It is a disorder. And if, if it's like mine at all, it, it has its good days and it's bad times, you know, where you're, where you're good and you're not. And what makes it possible for me to be a father and, and still struggle is because I have a great family around me. I have kids that understand. I have a wife that, that helps so much. And, um, there are people around me that accept me and, and help me and understand and don't put a lot of pressure on me. And, uh, I get through it. So, you know, it, it, it would be important. I would think for you to have that, that, you know, to make sure that, that, uh, you have, I don't know, you know, in-laws or grandparents or parents or yourself or whatever people, friends, godparents, whatever it is, uh, to, to, to make you feel comfortable, but just know that your children are going to love you, uh, no matter what, um, and, and again, it, it's like my wife said, because uh, she's right, uh, <laughs> you, you, suffering, uh, we often learn, we, we, we do, we always learn more from our bad experiences and our good and, and our struggles. And I shouldn't have said bad experience. I meant struggles. And, uh, you know, only you can answer this question, whether you feel like it's something that you can handle but I definitely believe it's something the kid can handle. And, and one thing I would say is I would not make this decision out of fear. That, that make this decision because you decide one way or another that something is right for you, but, but I would not make it out of fear. Fear of, of waiting too long included? What do you mean fear? Well, she says her time is, is uh, coming up. Uh, short, you know, would you say also don't, don't, don't just do it because of that as well? Or are we talking about, I'm just saying like, I, especially at least me as a female, I'm very driven by emotions and sometimes the emotions are so overwhelming that, that you make a decision based on, on fear rather than based on really what is the right thing. That's I why, you. you know, and, and as far as the age goes, and I have no idea what age she is, I would say, just talk to her doctor. A lot of times doc- doctors have very practical, um, you know, kind of thought processes based on your health, your status, you know, any risk factors and all that. And they'll flat out tell you whether or not they think it's a good idea. Yeah. So. But she says she listens to how we uh, interact with our kids over the microphone. And despite everything, we still seem to have such a great relationship. And um, that is that is possible um, no matter what, mm-hmm. no matter if, if you're struggling or not, as long as you love your kids, you put your, your spouse and your kids needs above your own, just like you would, if you were absolutely completely quote unquote normal, um, they're going to love you and you're going to love them and, uh, they will understand and, and, and you know, when they're, t- when they're too young to understand, to not understand, it won't matter. Because That's right. They, they don't know any different. <laughs> they don't know. It's just mom. Mom's just mom. I, I often said, I remember when my mom told me she was fat when I was little. And I was like, you're not fat. And I believed it with all my heart because I didn't compare her to any other woman. 
She wasn't any other woman. She was mom. Mom was a, a person in and of herself that was unique and Im, you were unable to compare her to anyone else mm-hmm. at that, at that, le, that light part of my life that has changed. <laughs> You're able to, <laughs> <laughs> I am I able to now uh, make yeah. my own decisions. But back then, uh, even with all her flaws and faults that I'm sure were there, I didn't see any of them. She was perfect and awesome and uh, pretty funny too. So Carrie, I hope that helps. Jen, you got any final thoughts? Uh, I think we've covered everything. Everything. We've got her all straightened out. Yep. So uh, make sure you name, if it's a boy, the name should be Buzz. No. And if it's a girl, it should be Jesse. No. Yes. No, don't take any of that advice. (laughs) That's That's, terrible advice. That's real advice. The rest (laughs) of it is just for entertainment purposes only. Mm -hmm. But that was real advice. So... Um, we had, uh, 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 another email from a fella named Nathan and he, he wants to hear us talk a little bit about communication. He says, my wife and I have been married for seven years and then some, we've had to learn a lot during that time. One of the biggest ones was communication. Absolutely. Uh, for example, he says, we learned that you shouldn't expect someone to meet an expectation that isn't communicated. Thanks for making Jen come back to the show. Just kidding. Thanks. It's glad, glad to hear you guys, Nathan Caldwell. So um, I guess he's just asking us to talk a little bit about communication. Communication is one of those fun things that is absolutely so necessary and something I don't think anyone can ever claim that they've mastered. No, it's very, very difficult to do. And I mean, stepping back, even uh, getting into the whole like male versus female communication. Um, and you can probably talk better about this because you probably remember better. But I probably remember being a guy better. Yeah. Yeah. You remember being a guy. I do. I remember when I was what a is, man. What is the, the thing um, about the way women think and the way men think? Oh. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, you're talking about the spaghetti and, and, the, and the compartmentalizing? Yeah, that, but there's that one... The book? Yeah, the book. Oh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that book did a lot for us. We we actually listened to it on audio, and we probably listened to the first half of it and got the gist of it and then quit. But um, yeah, it's, it's just the way men and women communicate. Uh, according to this pop culture, pop sci book, um, it, it, you know, it, it makes light of a, of a heavy subject, but it really taught us a lot, and it's just... That men are from Mars, and on Mars, people uh, don't talk about their problems. When they have a problem, they go into their cave, and they think about it, and they try to figure it out for themselves. And only after that do they come out and have a decision, after they've made a decision. And sometimes that decision is, hey, I need some more help. So they'll go to someone that they they highly uh, revere and respect, and when they will they will ask for help. Meanwhile, on Venus, it's totally different. Yeah, for women, they just want to talk out their problems. They need a sounding board because the way that they process it is to say a lot of words. And they don't even necessarily need a solution. In fact, they don't even want a solution because that is very frustrating because that makes them feel like their problems are easy to fix. Yeah. So. And men are the same way, secretly, because that's why we get mad when you try to help us when we are on the road and we're driving and you're like, um, are you going the right way? 
and we immediately think uh, you think we're stupid, you know. Which we don't. We're just worried. We're, you're, you're just you trying don't know to help. Where, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like offering a suggestion. Venusians love to help each other. Yep, they love to have a, that listening ear and offer offer um, advice in advance of the problem so that they can help each other. Meanwhile, on Mars, uh, we know we don't offer help uh, unless it's asked for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a men thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, seriously, I would check out the book and or the audio book and listen to it with your spouse because. It really does open up your mind in a in a very object lesson sort of, you know, practical down to earth way of how uh, typical male and typical females think, and and I think that is the key so far to to communication is to understand how the other person thinks. Yeah, because it you know, and it took us forever to figure this out, and we're probably still figuring it out. But like the way I think. Um, you know, just for an example, women think women think of a million different things at once. They multitask naturally. Men think generally on one subject, and then they put it away and move to another subject. Women are constantly trying to tie things together, and and uh, you know, like you said, the spaghetti versus the I don't remember. Well, yeah, compartmentalizing. We have little boxes that we put everything in, mm-hmm. and um, and everything is separate. So I could have a terrible day at work. And come home and have a great day at home. I I can have an issue with one child, uh, one on one day, and then have no problem with that kid the next the day. next day, because that issue is you know in the past. And of course, you know these are just generalizations. But I know with my wife, I've talked to her, and and she's stressed out, and I'll say what about, and she'll say this one thing, and it seems like why are you stressed out about that? But then, and I get to talking, and I know this now, but back then I would have to get to talking and find out it was five different things that has happened over the last few days that are all connected somehow and strung together. And she's not feeling just the stress of that one moment. She's feeling the stress of all of them put together. And um, here's a general bit of advice that I've found out is that I quit trying to reason out and figure out why my wife is acting the way she does when she's upset about something I've said or upset about uh, something that has happened. I have to use that level that she's at as a indicator of how much it matters to her. It doesn't matter what I think I can logically be like, Oh, that's no big deal. Why are you freaking out about that? And, and so, so many men waste so much time trying to convince their wives that what they're thinking is wrong. It doesn't go well. And, and it is. It often is wrong. No, 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 no. This we're both right. It's no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're wrong. I'm right. Okay. But uh, a lot of times, um, most of the time, you, you're wasting your breath trying to convince them that they're not thinking about it properly the best thing you can do is meet them where they're at and say, okay, this is upsetting. Whatever I have done or whatever has happened to her, whether it's you or something else, um, this is how upset she is. This is how big of a deal it is to her. It may not be that big of a deal to you, but this is how big of a deal it is to her. And you need to stand there and you need to face that and accept it instead of trying to talk her out of it. Because it, it's feelings. You can't talk women out of feelings. Sorry. No. 
You can't. You can't talk mm-hmm. men out of feelings. Either. No, you can't talk anybody out of feelings, but yeah. Because your feelings are your reality. And um, yeah, so I don't know, guys. Good luck. Um, Communication is tough. Uh, that he said, he said that, for example, you shouldn't expect someone to meet an expectation that's not communicated. Yeah. I just wanted to speak on that really quick. Because, yeah, please do. I because, would love um, to hear your input on that one. I always have expectations that aren't communicated. Yeah, In no, fact, it never. probably happens every day. And It's probably happening right now. What I've come to is nobody can read my mind. Women do not think like men do. Men don't think like women do. So people communicate your expectations. And no, nobody can meet an expectation that's not communicated, even though you you feel like they should. Because yeah. I've felt like you should. I've been mad at you for not meeting my expectations. <laughs> it's <laughs> not fair. <laughs> no. Because but, I'll do anything. I just need to know. But men do not take cues. They do not <laughs> hints. take hints. You could write them a note and put it in their face, and they might not read it. You just have to communicate it. And don't just communicate it once. Communicate it about five times. Five times, Five yeah. to 50. I was going to say 50. So so seriously, though, men are from Mars, and, and everybody on Mars is dumb. <laughs> we, okay, that's the that's the part the book won't tell you is Martians are dumb, um, and we need your help. <laughs> we we desire it. We we want to be told what to do. And if you have a a child, you'll understand this in a whole new way because my son just doesn't pay attention to things. Like something will be going on. It'll have been going on for like an hour. We'll be having a discussion and suddenly he pops up and says something. Yeah. And, he, and, and he, you're like, it's obviously that he hasn't heard a thing. Nor does he care. No. Not it, engaged at all. Where girls are very interested. They're very in tune. They, you know, they look at cues. They're paying attention to everything around them. Boys are just, I don't know what boys are doing, but they aren't paying attention. We're thinking about Optimus Prime. Exactly. (laughs) One time my wife, (laughs) she must have saw this look of thoughtfulness on my face as I was driving. And she says, what are you thinking about right now? And I said, really? You want to know? And she says, yeah. And I thought it was going to be really interesting. It was. Were like, really? You want to know? And I'm like, oh, wow. He must be thinking about how pretty I am. Oh. No. <laughs> I said, I, I'm just thinking about how uncomfortable it must be for Optimus Prime to be in car mode because his crotch is the front bumper. <laughs> oh, my God. He doesn't have a real crotch, does he? <laughs> Boys, Ugh. there's only set number of things boys think about. So <laughs> she found out that day. So now, now, anytime she's asking me something like that, I always say I, I'm thinking about Optimus Prime because that's that's about it. I mean, it, it doesn't. It's not very deep. <laughs> I have my deep moments, but it's not generally while I'm driving down the down the road. You know, I have to be in my cave. A lot of thinking before I go to bed, for for instance. I'm trying to sleep. But I mean, I think the key there is, you know, it isn't obvious. You never get taught this, but you learn it in a painful way when you're married that both of you do not think the same way. And that is completely normal. Um, The key with communication is trying to figure out how to communicate your needs. And uh, I, I would say speaking to the women out there, just be very blunt and obvious. Yeah. Without, without being a butt about it. Right. You don't have to be a butt. Um, we, we, we tend to drag our feet and we tend not to do things, but when you give us a job, give it to us, mm-hmm. let it be ours, let it go undone. If it needs to go undone until 
we do it. Which is hard. It's hard. Very hard. <laughs> I'm twitching when you say that. <laughs> undone. I, you don't even have a job that's undone, but yeah. No, it's true. Um, any other tips that you can think of about communication? I, I know that if there's anything I would suggest people working on in a marriage, it would be communication more than anything else. Uh, setting time aside to sit and talk, having date nights where all you do is sit at a, at a olive garden and chat, uh, you know, instead of going to a movie or whatever, having those, those times to sit and catch up. How was your day? What's going on? And remembering from the, from the next day, gentlemen, you know, Oh, well, what about the lady that's really loud in your office? How's that going? Or, uh, where have you been eating lunch at, you know, or how was your workout that I know you do on Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Um, you know, following up with things like that shows that you care and, and, um, you know, that you're interested and, uh, they buy it. You, you're really not. You care less, but what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Our lives are much more interesting than Optimus Prime. Prime. Optimus Prime is important though. And it is a design flaw on the parts of the creators. (laughs) His legs are, he's twisted at the waist and his legs are bent back behind him. He'll be okay. It's not okay. He's a robot. It's, it's not okay. He's not real. But, uh, communication is, and it is the key. And, uh, you know, you should, you shouldn't have secrets. You shouldn't, uh, keep things from your spouse. You should, um, Matter of fact, the the times you feel like you don't want to talk, that's probably the times you need to talk the most. Um, don't treat him as if he should know because he's not going to know until you tell him, like e- even about things he's done or said, he has to be told because typically is even, even as, like I said before, the balance of, okay, what I said about women and, and men, you need to uh, meet them where they're at and trust that as upset as they are, that's how much this means to them. On the flip side, if a, a, a man can say something and it will mean so much to the female in the relationship and the man never intended for it to mean all of those things. Men typically say things and they mean what they say and, 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 sometimes our our wives can take those things and connect them to 500 other things and really get, get upset with you. So, um, you know, ladies, my warning on, on the other side, since we talked about, you know, what the guys need to worry about is say, ladies, uh, look at your man. And if he's not looking right in your face and saying, I hate your thighs, they're ugly as crap. Oh, don't say that. Then he probably doesn't mean that. When he said, "Are you thinking that about me?" No. Okay, good. Just no, checking. Quite the opposite, actually. Let's see. What? What is that? Was that? a sexy growl? That was the scariest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it was like a cat came in here and died. <laughs> no, that's. <laughs> yeah. that's... Let's not have a cat come in here and die. <sighs> well, that'll about do us for tonight. Um, big topics tonight. It's yep. Good stuff. Uh, if you have any questions, input, or topic suggestions, send them to james at nlcast.com. We'll be glad to try to address them on the next program. Thank you, Jennifer, for joining me tonight. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye.